Alright everybody, welcome, welcome to the fourth episode of Convict Call-In. This is a live show. It takes place in the uh, Society for Containment Fiction Discord. There's a voice chat. You are more than welcome to join that. Uh, if you'd rather just represent yourself through text, we have a lounge as well uh, that is uh, just just uh, next to the voice chat if you'd like just to talk. Uh, we will be live for approximately an hour, maybe an hour and a half. We have a lot of material to cover today. If you are interested in calling in through our Skype channel, uh, then you can do that. The number is 316-444-3115, and we will take your call live. So um, we yesterday went over a good chunk of this, which is the November um 2021 recaps i see from 05 today that they have actually posted the uh december recaps so they are actually uh, ahead of schedule um when it comes to their typical frequency of posting these things and so uh we do need to get moving here i hope the early posting of that means that it is a uh, relatively uh shorter that would be great But having said that, uh, I do want to recap just a, just a little bit. What's up, my man? Dr. Murray, my man. <laughs> Appreciate you being here. All right, so I do want to recap just a little bit what we did last, um, last podcast yesterday because it was... Uh, it was dropped on just a little bit of a cliffhanger. So um, last time we discussed really a theme that presented itself in a certain um, section of the November 2021 recap, just in these right here. Um, basically, the pattern was where uh, SCP Wiki and some of its um, louder representatives uh, in various capacities demonstrated the belief that they know best and should therefore force others to comply with their beliefs. Uh, this is part and parcel more generally of what I believe is a misguided and very expensive error in the modern conception of what a staff is and what it should do. Uh, instead of setting rules and enforcing them for the good of the community, uh, which was sort of the aim of the original charter, um, and we can actually look at that just here. If we take a slight detour back to 2012, uh, where they're really um, floating the first idea, proposing the charter in general, we can see in this highlighted section of text here um, the statement, uh, the way we have done things has worked all right for a long time, but we didn't have quite as many decisions that we needed to make back then either. Right now, it is very amb uh, ambiguous, and decisions are made differently depending upon who is asked. So from this, we see the purpose of the charter was really uh, to standardize reactions from staff, as it was a highly subjective and uh, fluctuating thing, very dependent upon who you asked. So instead of maintaining an even playing field for everyone, which was the, uh, again, the, the impetus for the charter staff seemingly now have experienced mission creep and of course with that power creep uh, believing themselves uh, by a sort of enacted fantasy that they are the guardians of the wiki uh, the wiki's great protectors uh, which by proxy means um, an, an ethical imperative to advocate for the elevation of more marginalized groups over other groups but um, we did see this in general all throughout these sections of the November 2021 recap. Um, it's this general, I know what's best for you attitude. It presented itself in various degrees. One was a highly aggressive way, which was the uh, 05 post uh, celebrating diversity right here, posted by Limey, uh, which was covered last cast in the topic Pride Month. Uh, wherein, in this thread, uh, the ghosts of the June 2018 logo fiasco truly come back and convince a few people, it seems, into believing 
that those failed policies and those demonstrably awful decisions weren't that bad after all. And these convinced individuals uh, suggest forcing the international branches to display really an equivalent amount of pride or um, virtually be punished, whether by disassociation from the English wiki, which incidentally almost happened just on ES's terms, uh, or by allowing authors to functionally opt out of uh, translations via the module. We also saw this I know what's best for you attitude in a more mild but more subtle and uh, just as concerning in my opinion form when it came to the ongoing effort of um, staff and the community at large to pitch modern SCP articles to the audience. Or as one staffer put it, the problem pretty rapidly becomes less leading the horse to water and more making them drink it. Oh, thank you. Speaking of which... Hey, will you close those doors for me? Got some tea. Thank you. <laughs> He's so kind. All right. Anyways, um, so we can see them hoping to not only lead a horse to water, so to speak, but to force feed it water. Uh, so these staff believe that really it's their job to tell their visitors what they should like, uh, what they should favor, what should be more popular. And for example, uh, tales, which is the second part paragraph here. So that's the general um, trend that we saw uh, observing these last uh, topics. And the crux of the matter comes down to the fact that this is really, um, these are really all uh, sort of appetizers leading up to the big main entree, uh, which is this ES. Uh, incident as it is topic uh, uh, as it is described in the topic here. So um, what we really notice is that there is a um, militant and extremist sect within the otherwise reasonable and rational LGBTQ demographic at SCP. I will call this group uh, LGBTFO. You might know BTFO means uh, blown the fuck out, excuse my French, which is used to uh, emphasize an extraordinary or embarrassing defeat, especially in sports um, or, uh, as in this case, something like a political argument. So LGBTFO is going to be the name for these guys just because it's easier to re reference that name than, than trying to bring them up over and over again. Um I'm using it here because this sect, as we see, uh, as we saw in the uh, Society of Containment Fiction Discord at the time, we correctly called this as a massive political embarrassment and a resounding loss. So individuals in this group, uh, keep in mind as we go through the topics today, uh, they lead a policy effort to further equate the SCP wiki with um, a political group by suggesting that the Pride logo should be the official and permanent logo of the wiki. Uh, and they also lead what could be described as a raid on the ES Discord server. Uh, I think the only thing preventing it from being definitively a raid was that they were uh, apparently invited. But nonetheless, this group does believe that anyone who is not expressing their idiosyncratic ideas and preferences is a bigot. Uh, that includes LGBTQ-friendly individuals and includes LGBT. Q, uh, sympathetic individuals, and it also includes LGBTQ individuals themselves, which is a shame. Uh, but they feel the proper way to get people to agree with them, which is an imperative for them, which is its own commentary, its own analysis, but they feel the way to get people to agree with them are threats, insults, uh, bullying, intimidation tactics. Um, they really regard the force feeding of an ideology down the throats of rational and thinking others as a moral victory. Uh, that's what we've seen. So the sect is responsible for a massive political error both on their policy suggestions and on their um, Discord raid, quote-unquote, um, that we will see finally and slowly dawns on these individuals as the more reasonable of the staff um, and really the general community as well uh, sort of argue against their points and finally breach their incredibly uh, thick and uh, fundamentally religious skulls and uh, they have to come face to face with the fact that they were wrong and I'm going to show in this podcast why I 
can claim that I know that they knew they were wrong. So we were just getting to the climax of this arch when we uh, cliff hung it last podcast. I do want to round out that discussion just a little bit um, because, once again, there's a lot of replay and interplay between this ES incident and this previous uh, topic of, of the Pride Month where they suggest more. So something that I didn't touch on last time but that I do want to bring out now uh, that we've kind of covered this a little more thoroughly is just how thin, how weak, how philosophically anemic the arguments that this LGBTFO group give uh, for their aggressive political march. And we can see that here on the screen. So I have the uh, 05 Celebrating Diversity Online thread pulled up. Uh, the, um, the comment just here by Limey, who is the author of this um, of this post, which, by the way, ironically has as its summary uh, musical lyrics that say, it is a mixed up, muddled up, and shook up world. Yes, it is indeed. But the uh, the comment here, and this is this is some of the arguments given for why, because uh, the the podcast last time was was titled uh, "Why More," and so this is uh, this is the best answer that is given here. Uh, you can see it highlighted just here. Uh, it is a really a relatively simple gesture. This is Limey's uh, writing but one that I feel would be a very cool and poggers change. And then further down, when the uh, suggestions uh, continue, this individual, same individual, Limey, states, uh, on the English wiki, the right to express yourself in an article from the trans pride theme to various pride logos is one that is seen as a very cool thing and one a lot of authors use. So, um, interesting that the arguments to do this, the official ones given by the individual who's authored the, uh, the post at least, come down to a matter of uh, being cool, and uh, it's something that some authors use. Does that work? <laughs> I guess uh, you tell me. Um, I certainly don't think so. Uh, it's also worth noting how situationally dishonest this title is, Celebrating, celebrating Diversity on site when it's truly the opposite it's literally an advocation to eradicate diversity of thought on the site in order to more favor um, what would be a monolithic set of beliefs and uh, prerequisite subscriptions were it to succeed and more generally here uh, the paradox and oxymoron that the uh, LGBTFO group can't really comprehend is that keeping the site logo neutral is actually uh, and in fact the most inclusive move. Uh, in my way of seeing things, it's when you play favorites, as is what is happening here, uh, that people become really excluded. Um, and really, if we go back and study, that was the initial reason, uh, in my analysis at least, for promoting the LGBTQ-friendly environment on SCP. The goal wasn't to um, you know, replace one superior demographic with another. Uh, the goal was... Um, the goal of the justice was to give those who were previously on the whipping end of a, of a social beating the opportunity to hold that whip. Um, that's, that's not true. It was really, uh, the whole purpose was to have everyone put down the whip. So in that way, the neutral logo is actually its own celebration. And it innately uh, celebrates the diversity of the site just fine and the simple fact the simple lone fact that it is something that a multitude of opinions and ideas a diversity of people and what they represent identify with it doesn't matter what you think and what you believe we all identify with something like the scp logo uh one more thing we also see down here where limey suggests that um you know, that basically, uh, let me just read this. Yeah, so basically he wants the initial misstep of the 2018 June logo fiasco was um, basically uh, denying the softer option, which was to give just the option to hoist the pride flag as opposed to making it a mandate. And here in these um, suggestions, we see uh, that that has been turned on its head. If we go down here to Limey's statement, um, 
Yeah. Uh, we, we can know about it while we're here, by the way, this first line. Currently, the site at large does very little for pride, especially given how diverse the author community is. Well, once again, this is uh, the opposite of celebrating diversity. He says, uh, this year we replaced the logo with the Pride variant site-wide for the month and had a powerful tribute to how far the site has come in terms of acceptance in the June edition of the site News by Eleni Fishtruck. And I just wanted to take a moment to say uh, that um, I cover this, I analyze this uh, this essay in this this uh, June edition of the news here on my blog. It's uh, the first episode of our re-news. It breaks down that um, pretty pretty uh, comprehensively so check that out if you would like all right so uh limey <laughs> limey says in this comment here as the first suggestion i'd like to put forward the idea of having the pride logo permanently on all administrative pages the front page the forms the staff ran pages etc and would op- this would openly show our support while still allowing authors to have control over their own pages, making the inclusion of a Pride logo, be it a rainbow or, or another flag, still a meaningful representation of the author. It's a relatively simple gesture, as we already covered. He thinks it's very cool and poggers. Um, they have totally flipped what was initially the correct way to celebrate, which again was to offer the option to use the Pride CSS instead of mandating it over the entirety of the site. Um, if if this was implemented, let's just take a second and, and run with this for a second. If this suggestion by Limey was uh, initiated, does anyone doubt um, that the people who would then choose to not display the Pride logo, who would essentially customize their pages to show the traditional logo, uh, does anyone doubt that those people would be considered bigots? And isn't that exactly what's happening here in this ES incident, where the Spanish branch chose not to hoist the Pride logo? So lastly, in the summary here, I want to show uh, the reminder of why this um, suggestion to make uh, the Pride colors, the Pride logo, really um, synonymous with the SCP, making it essentially the official logo. Uh, I want to show why that is a non-democratic, a misrepresentative, um, a politically privileged, and ultimately a bad idea to equate the site with uh, with this particular LGBTFO group, which is uh, insatiable, uncompromising, and it's a totalitarian ideology in that it does demand the total to be about themselves. So if we go to the 2020 survey results of the SCP Wiki, we can see that, you know, agender, gender fluid, non-binary, these are you know, remarkable minorities in the demographic of SCP, which, which is fine. Um, and also just down on number three, what percentage of individuals are transgender? Uh, about 10%, we could say about 90% of those who responded are not. So um, this really is not... A accurate or uh, in any way representative or demographic representative or de- democratic represent representation of the SCP wiki and I'm saying all this before we get into the ES incident just to show that this is why the LGBTFO group represents an ideology uh, as we'll see they take uh, issue with people calling it an ideology but I think it's worthwhile making it very clear why it, uh, in my opinion at least, is absolutely an ideology. Um, they explicitly, and it's, it's this reason, they explicitly believe that all other identities and ideas, that is to say all these other slices of the pie chart that you see here, should be assimilated into their own. And uh, they're all, not just an ideology, but they're militant because they have expressed that they would like to do this by force. So that's what makes them an ideology. And that's what makes them militant. They're a group of militant, extremist ideologues. And now we can get into the topic. We can see just how destructive they can be when left to their own devices and how difficult it is to break this uh, this uh, ideological intoxication. So let's get into the ES incident. Okay. 
So the summary here, staff discuss an incident involving English articles translated to the Spanish branch without their pride CSS elements and the resultant problematic behavior of EN members, which, as I said last time, is already a victory. So once again, um, we can see what's going on here. The, um, the political incentive for suddenly denying international voices to be present on 05. But anyway, back in this uh, recap, we see uh, a couple of statements here that I want to bring out. Uh, Grim Gremlin Group feels that it is impossible to put apologies in someone's mouth. And uh, I would also say that's, that's true, but I would also say that the same is true for pride. You can't put that in someone's mouth, by the way. You can't make someone proud of you out of uh, bullying and political peer pressure. And you know, you know what? Honestly, uh, you shouldn't try. You shouldn't be made to. Um, this is lost on the this uh, LGBTFO group. Uh, they miss the point that forcing someone to show you respect isn't actually respect, and uh, that it isn't in any way a victory. Certainly not one to be celebrated. Hey, just a thought as an aside. Isn't the real victory having your article translated in the first place? So let's imagine that someone's article is translated. It's a very loved article, uh, you know, that has a massive uh, audience and uh, and a body of, of individual praise. And then those individuals, after uh, learning a little more about the author, find that they are a member of the LGBTQ community. Isn't that a more elegant way to uh, to celebrate LGBTQ? Because it's been based on the merits of the work itself. And by that point, the individuals uh, have already admitted that they love it. So these individuals are coming at it from the opposite direction. Um, they're trying to stand it on its head and demand for appreciation and respect first. Okay, so we go down a little more. Um, this individual whose name I can't pronounce, uh, Sistvi, personally believes that this policy is homophobic, that the policy of not putting up um, you know the the pride CSS when the when the individual author wants it is homophobic, and they will not be apologizing. Uh, they further take issue with ES describing LGBTQ as an ideology. And this is what I was talking about. I think we've gone into sufficient detail as to and demonstrated why it is that a lack of ability to compromise and the uh, the demand that everything is subsumed by uh, a lone idea is actually an ideology. Uh, this is interesting. Let's see. There it is. Uh, Dr. Bleep uh, here is rather stunned at the apologies that we saw in this uh, screen capture here, which is on my blog if you want to see it. It's also other places. Uh, Bleep is rather stunned at the apologies, feeling that they amount to a raid on the ES server. Um, uh, and says, like, this was so beyond petty and unnecessarily inflammatory and makes any sort of resolution much more difficult. Uh, Cali Bold, I think is the guy's name, or person's name. Pedagon Sistivi. Uh, uh, that was just foolish, Dr. Bleep says. Um, and uh, also, um, so this this is the confounding and challenging and constantly edifying part of criticizing people in the SCP staff. It's why politics makes for strange bedfellows is because um, the most failing member of the staff in terms of their track record, which uh, I'm referring to Dr. Bleep, um, can suddenly have just the best take out of nowhere. It's really uplifting and like watching a character arc or uh, somebody finally do something great on a movie or something. Um, of course, there are outliers and anomalies in these personalities on the whole, but still, uh, they're nice to point out and cheer lead. <sighs> Dr. Bleep, of all people. Good job. Uh, on the other hand, um, you have uh, the opposite, standouts. Um, people like uh, Pedagon, who've we, who we've seen, uh, you know, uh, even um, Savisti, uh, we've seen do very, very good jobs in previous recaps of, you know, doing things like calling out the staff. Uh, 
yeah, I thought that they did a great job in previous ones. So you have the opposite case here too, which is that, let's read this. Uh, Pedagon notes that proposals have been made to simply unlink translations with, aut with uh, which authors find offensive, uh, which he feels is a valid alternative to ES changing their policy. So I just, I think this statement is, is real involved. So in my opinion, it's re remarkably, um, I'll say problematic uh, to suggest that. Um, and it's sad to see that this is a, a mentality that has made its way up to SCP staff, which is kind of amazing. Um, the answer isn't to amputate all the parts of the body um, you know, that fit your constantly in flux and totally subjective surgical lines. It's, it's really to realize that it's a dumb idea to try to force the issue in the first place. Next, um, we see a couple more members of this BT, uh, LGBTFO group come about, one of them being Harry Blank. Uh, we've covered Harry Blank um, comprehensively in this, uh, in this article here, uh, the, uh, the Pride Before the Fall. I recommend you read that if you haven't. Um, but he assumes that he would be expected to apologize as well and, and states that no such apology is forthcoming. Uh, my personal take on this, my personal opinion is that Harry Blank is the absolute worst offender in this episode. Uh, he is the most, um, close-minded and intellectually lightweighted out of the bunch. Um, Pedagon feels that silence is complicity. Here it is. Um, Pedagon feels that silence is complicity, uh, which is, <laughs> God problematic uh, language specifically it's a way to fold in people who are otherwise otherwise neutral uh, to denial of that um, while you know you've antagonized not only ES but other international sites the Russians and the Chinese are now worried about whether they're going to get uh, cut entirely since they're legally unable to comply with your requests and doing so would put their LGBTQ members at uh, great risk to their safety. This is uh, Dr. Everett Mann saying this. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a great statement from Dr. Mann. This next part, Gremlin Group reminds Mann that Lady Katie was said to be handling the situation the previous day and that she provided no further updates. Uh, it has been rather difficult to work with her, Gremlin Group says. So this is Gremlin Group trying to defect blame. Uh, besides, this has only been um, one day since they were told that someone was working on it. So I have to question, are, are they this rabid? Uh, if they didn't get taken care of in a day, that's it. Um, okay. So Lady Katie decides to come in and uh, defend herself right here. Uh, and rightfully so. It's not her fault that uh, these attack dogs ran into the ES Anyways, I uh, just want to take a pause. We're about halfway through the show here. Um, thanks for coming in. We're covering the ES incident. If you would like to call in, uh, we do have a Skype phone number that is available, 316-444-3115, uh, and we will take calls live. All right. We're going to continue because we've got a lot of stuff to get through here. Uh, so Lady Katie comes in, basically defends herself, um, and so here's is a nice little piece of humble pie for this radical uh, LGBTFO group at SCP who are you know happy to beat their chests. Um, you know you don't really you shouldn't really get to decide what other people's policies are. Um, and if you think that you do, doesn't matter why you're an authoritarian. Um, but we do see here that that is exactly what these individuals asked for so there's this sentence in the recap where um she's describing what happened and lady katie says the following yes you came to me and said you wanted this policy reversed but at no point did anyone approach me with anything i could work with you said just do this for me i think this is pretty damning uh this is on the level of dj cactus asking that metaphysician should be banned I mean, how is this really truly any different from a uh, overreach standpoint? 
uh, someone weigh in with your thoughts because I don't see how this is really less egregious th than that. Uh, it's a shame that this isn't approached really uh, in a similarly outraged manner by those who know better. Um, I would I would have hoped to see some of the more um, stand-up members of staff jump on this a little more. Uh, but Lady Katie does a good job here and tells these uh, individuals that the ultimate outcome of their destructive and, uh, you know, arguably unintelligent approach. She says, fourth, you have irrevocably broken any chance that we ever had at changing policies. I've talked uh, other branches out of revoking their permission for now, but I need you to stop that now <laughs> for that to stick. It's just interesting to note that the core of this group uh, also seems to be seated in SCPD. That's what they talk about next. Um, which we understand uh, the staff at one point had some serious efforts to tame it. And despite those efforts to tame SCPD, which did include installing a, a certain um, group of um, SCP Wiki staff individuals, or at least, uh, at least SCP Wiki staff adjacent individuals. So... Um, I would say that the actions of these ridiculous few set the international relations back um, probably 10 years or so. That's just my opinion. All right, so Man, uh, who, who once again I think I think is more intelligent uh, and certainly has more years uh, on these staff members. Uh, they're relatively young, both in age and also to staff. Uh, I think he steps up and at this point becomes the leader that he uh, so is supposed to be. So let's read this. Man believes that uh, most of the newer staff don't really know the history of our relationship with the international branches or how badly it was damaged prior to this, uh, nor, nor do they understand the work that it took uh, Lady Katie to bring them back. Man believes that um, most of newer staff don't really know uh, what, what it is that, that they're doing, in other words. Historically, the other branches were treated fairly uh, crappily by the English branch telling them what they could and couldn't do, which once again, this is a exact repetition of, uh, we need them to feel like we're treating them as equals, which is a loaded statement. They are equals. They are. They're your equals already. Uh, but you know, his point is that, uh, they're not, they're not, uh, communicating that. And interestingly and importantly, they're not communicating that not just to ES, they're communicating that to every other international branch because of the history and the context um, it's very clear that through the actions of these individuals, the message is that the EN is the superior branch, um, which it is, you know, uh, numerically. But once again, you know, like quantitative efforts to define your importance and success uh, will always fail. Um, there is no moral superiority to the EN wiki over the ES wiki. There is no more, more moral superiority to the EN wiki over the, um, the China wiki. Um, and ironically, I think they're, they're demonstrating that very clearly here. Uh, to most of the internet, uh, international branches, uh, and it's not just, this is Dr. Man talking again, and it's not just ES that is upset right now. It feels like a bunch of EN staffers marched in and told them how to run their site. Uh, Gremlin Group acknowledges, here we are, Gremlin Group acknowledges that this sounds like a problem, but doesn't think that it should mean ensuring policies with bigoted consequences remain unchallenged, particularly when they affect translations of the works of individuals on the English branch. So I, I, need, to, I need to dig into this a little bit. Uh, a little bit. I, I think it's fair to say that putting a CSS Pride logo, um, you know, any any CSS theme to any article on the wiki doesn't really affect the translations of the work of the individuals. Uh, so the, the pride CSS certainly doesn't affect the translation of the work, uh, for these individuals on EN. Uh, so this is basically like me requiring gremlin group to fly a custom logo, endorsing the belief in God before they can, uh, read or translate my work. Actually, it's read my work since they wanted to opt out of the translations. Uh, you know, if I'm a good author, the extra literary political messaging 
shouldn't be what most defines my work. My work should be most defined by the quality of the writing, not of the CSS thing that you add to it. Okay. So man actually comes back and says, making a stand isn't heroic if you're making the problem worse. God. Wow. Right? Get him. Damn. Yeah. Um, mm. So Prometheus goes on to state, here we are. Prometheus states uh, that an ES admin uh, literally called being queer an ideology on, in SCPD. Um, if that's true, you know, I, I disagree with this ES admin. Uh, they're not infallible in this at all. Uh, being queer is not an ideology, but being in the sort of mentality that these, that these people are in, that they're uh, acting upon, that definitely is an ideology. Uh, the whole point of this is that there's a difference between uh, individuals who treat LGBTQ as an idea and individuals who treat it as an ideology, uh, but Prometheus is on the wrong side of this distinction and uh, doesn't want to make it, wants to collapse it. Enjoy. Lady Katie goes on to state, uh, nobody gave two fucks about my work with INT for five years so long as there wasn't a major catastrophe. The sudden interest is extremely new to me, and at times it feels disingenuous. Uh, SCP, I think, personally has a habit of this, just like how suddenly the permissions of those international admins to post on 05 is questioned. It really, really is all about what they want in the moment. Uh, this uh, LGBTFO group, which, let's make it explicit, includes uh, Prometheus, Pedagon, Limey, Sisvisti, uh, Gremlin Group, Harry Blank, uh, probably some others. Uh, that's why these individuals are ideologues. Uh, they have an ideology that everything else is dependent and defined by. So, uh, Limey um, can't seem to take Dr. Mann's advice. Um, he says uh, he cannot stand idly by. It, just, just notice the uh, heroic rhetoric that is being injected into this. Uh, Limey cannot stand idly by while ES calls my existence political, which is precisely what calling the non-action regarding an LGBTQ PNG file is. The act of calling someone's refusal to put up a PNG is equating someone's mere existence with being political. That is forcing a neutral action to be a political position. So not only is this like, it sort of comes off as a bad smelling phrase by Limey, but it's actually on its, it's standing on its head and that uh, it's projection. Uh, basically he's saying that their non-action is uh, political where we're trying to tell Limey and this LGBTFO group that their actions are political. Actually, uh, Lady Katie calls this out as well. Lady Katie does not believe Limey's statement of respect is genuine. I think Lady Katie is correct. So Pitagon, in this next paragraph, adds, don't misconstrue the discussion as being uh, SCPD bullying Spanish people. They wanted to be protective from an offensive policy on another branch, which it's... It's on another branch. You're already protected from it, but let's move on. ES staff came in defending their policy, calling gay pride political. Uh, people got upset and pushed harder for Ian action, and ES delivered this horrendous offer, uh, which, by the way, is mentioned up here. We haven't mentioned that yet, but there's a letter written by the Spanish branch, really, which is supposed to be sort of a compromise, uh, but, of course, that is not listened to. That's the horrendous offer that uh, Pedagon is referring to here. Man acknowledges that something needed to be done in this issue, uh, just not what was done. Um, and he feels that LGBTQ plus community members will suffer due to what has happened. And that's 100% true. Uh, this was 100% bullying, and those who perpetuated it will uh, know so again when they continue to wake up from shallow sleeping as a result of this stress. I mean, if, if your goal is to represent LGBTQ plus belief and postures, then yeah, this just made people dislike them more. 
they assaulted a different culture for not being homogenous with their own. Um, their logic claims that the resistance to the assault was the offense, was the political move. Um, they, again, believe the non-action is the political action and regard their own political action as the default. Um, I would say that this is approaching a mass mob hysteria uh, and a rabid version of it as well. I mean, they, they cannot see how illogical their actions are until the damage is well, well over. Um, good luck to them. I, I do not envy the realization they will have to swallow once, once they are there. All right, uh, Jorth comes in. Uh, Jorth feels the SCP team members do not think through their actions, misrepresenting LGBTQ and Ian in the process. That's really what my argument comes down to as well. Uh, but, quote, it's too tired to argue. Uh, Jorth is too tired to argue against the people in Meta, which is a channel in SCPD, since I know I will be yelled at. Uh, once again, way to go, Jorth. I think we can all agree that SCPD Meta sounds like a absolutely disgraceful place. Next, uh, Optimistic Lucio and Lady Katie uh, note that the non-apologies exacerbated the issue and take the non-apologizers to task at length. Once again, I, I feel the need to not be entirely negative and uh, applaud people who do a great job and do the sorts of things that their leadership would call them to do. And so Optimistic Lucio and Lady Katie uh, certainly, certainly do that here. Uh, Katie states that ES wanted you to recognize that your methods were bad, uh, not that wanting the logo was bad. Again, I don't think these individuals can see the difference. Uh, I, I don't think there's a difference between the two in their minds. Um, this is, you know, when you equate something so tightly, something like an insignia, with something uh, so personal as... Uh, you know, the most important way to define yourself, um, you know, that, that can be taken very, very far and in a very, very bad direction. Uh, I think it doesn't help that SCP tends to sort of get rid of individuals who don't think their own way, and that's why I think you get some sort of echo chamber developing, uh, whereby people can't make the distinction anymore uh, that not wanting to uh, put the logo up is not necessarily... A rebuke of that logo but uh, we see this space that should be between those two things completely collapsed and I think the space that is between those two things uh, was gotten rid of once the individuals who really didn't fall in line with the political partisanship of the uh, you know upper tiers of the SCP uh, and the staff at least was done away with um, man asks for a pause and does not receive it until Dexanote demands it. That's the one good thing Dexanote has done in recent memory. I'll excuse that he isn't censored yet just for this move right here. Uh, man makes a statement. The situation has devolved. Um, it did not need to. This is. I'm going to read this just in its verbatim because it's a really, really good statement. Uh, the situation has devolved. It did not need to. Part of this I will blame on poor policy and a lack of miscommunication on how to work with the ambassadorial team. Uh, part of this I think people walked into a situation without thinking about what their actions were likely to actually accomplish. I do not ask that everyone play nice with ES or respect all of the things they have said or done. I do not agree with their argument for why they didn't want to show the logo. However, in confronting it, people have stepped into something of a minefield and they have made the situation worse, not better. Uh, like Lady Katie said, they've made it less likely that ES will, uh, you know, restore these uh, the Pride logo on those pages. Man goes on to say there were ways to prevent this, and I'm sorry that we have not taught them better. I would also like to remind people that they need to keep their various roles clear when they speak. If you're speaking as a private user, then please make that clear. If you're speaking as a member of staff on SCPD, please say so. If you're speaking as a staff member on the site, please make sure people understand that. A lot of why people are mad is that when you make statements as members of SCPD or as private users, it can come across as you representing the site uh, when staff had not yet come to any conclusions on how they wanted to deal with the situation. Please also understand, man continues, that there are other issues at hand. People in Latin America have a lot of issues with Americans, which most of us, though not all of us, are 
coming in and telling them how to run their countries. Being morally correct is a prerequisite to making things better, but it's not the only one. You also need to be able to communicate that well and know what actions you can take that will actually improve the situation. Yeah, this is well said. I think Dr. Mann is uh, massaging them a little bit. I don't know if he believes that they were actually morally correct to invade the area that isn't theirs and demand that people elevate them to a special treatment. Um, my opinion is that nothing about that is morally correct, but Dr. Mann is um, a good leader and he's a talented politician. Uh, so I, I think he knows he has to bend towards this just a little bit to establish any sort of... Uh, you know, a, a static charge with it, so to speak, and uh, hopefully bring them back to sanity just a little bit. I'm also happy to see um, Dr. Mann take responsibility for essentially not training the staff better. Uh, this is the sort of stuff that maybe should be worked on more so than, than you know, policy pedantics, um, especially if you're going to have, you know, a uh, ongoing campaign to privilege and prioritize uh, just one of the demographics in the community. It's also funny that Dr. Mann seems to somewhat be distancing himself from these individuals. Uh, it's almost like he wants them to uh, help him do that by telling him that they're not speaking in a staff capacity. Next paragraph, Gremlin Group is not sure uh, it is either fair or helpful to expect users to clarify their roles in this manner. Well, uh, then Gremlin Group doesn't understand what it means or takes to be in a position of representation. Uh, this uh, person essentially just argued against their fitness for staff and, in, and for any other diplomatic role or responsibility. It's, it's sad to see that. Um, I think I think they don't realize what they're saying. I think they're just sort of following the uh, uh, the political dogma, which is which is again um, the prime thing. Everything else is secondary to that, unfortunately. Dexanote comes in, um, which it's interesting to see him here. Um, Dexanote adds, "You're uh, a representative of staff by default." Um, he says, oh yeah, so Dexanote adds, you're a representative of the site by default. That's what staff is. You have a responsibility to be aware of that. Amen. Um, I don't like Dexanote as a leader, um, but I think this is well said. And even the most, uh, you know, the, the oldest and feeble of grandpas have a good few licks left to give. Grimley Group feels the perception that there is a monolithic staff party line should be dispelled. Uh, can you see how confused this is? Um, this is the same guy who just, or person, excuse me, who just felt like uh, it, it was not fair or helpful to have users clarify that they don't represent all of the staff. But also here, in the next sentence almost, bemoans that staff is poorly reflected on when that distinction is not made. Uh, Siddhartha alone does not understand why people are continuing to call the policy homophobic when it was voted and decided by the ES community at large, <laughs> which has a fair share of LGBTQ people, which is a very, very good point. Uh, Pedagon, part of this LGBTFO group, uh, responds, individuals can perpetuate systemic issues unintentionally. Uh, I, I think he's right. I think Pedagon is doing just that. Dexanote comes back. Uh, he states that basically every translation site uh, representative and a chunk of ES leadership saw what happened. Um, I said it at the time. A lot of us in the Society for Containment Fiction Discord did. Uh, this is going to have severe ripples, uh, tsunami levels of seismic consequences in all of the international branches, not just uh, the ES. All right, uh, down here, G, uh, who I'll give credit to, is been, has been doing a great job in these recaps as a member of staff on the whole. Uh, G, G feels like it sounds like the INT observers feel SCPD is both a mob to be afraid of and a form for official staff statements. And uh, this is so important. Uh, G is 100% correct. Um, and furthermore, we've seen this all over the place. Uh, in the um, 
in the October recaps, you know, uh, SCPD is mentioned uh, quite a lot. Jorth is speaking again. He says uh, he feels that whether staff are a monolith or not, the entirety of staff and even non-staff users will have to stand together sometimes when someone on staff does something that needs to be cleaned up. Good job. Next, Calibold, who is unfortunately part of this group, uh, this LGBTFO group, states that um, his apology was in earnest, although he did express his concerns at the same time and requested reciprocal apology. So Jordan points out that the Creative Commons license allows for translations uh, to the work. Here he is, which is which is a great thing to 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 say, uh, because it is technically true that um, legally, the authors of these uh, these articles who are upset about them not being translated uh, with the CSS themes that they want, uh, they don't really have a lot of recourse legally. Perfectly legal to do that, um, but. You know, of course, uh, it's now time to return once again to one of our favorite topics, which is the death of the author. Um, you'll you'll notice that legally speaking, there is uh, zero demand or merit to this uh, LGBTFO group's uh, demands to respect the wishes of the author, and that really their problem can be reduced back down to uh, claiming that despite the legal terms. Uh, the wishes of the author, particularly these ones who want the CSS theme to go with her translations, should be respected. Uh, and it's time to bring up the death of the author because this is the exact opposite of what was decided in February 2021, where the wishes of the author were explicitly shot down because of the legal terms. Uh, this is, in my opinion, the reason I bring this up so much it's always going to be worth noticing and mentioning when this contradiction occurs because it occurs often. And that's my point. Um, it totally upends the site. Uh, the death of the author is the, de the death of the site. Uh, this is this is here. So in, in this instance, in February 2021, the decision was explicitly that the wishes of the author will not be honored and shouldn't be honored and a lot of the time, uh, it was argued that this should be followed because of the legal rules. And then fast forward to now, where the legal rules completely allow what ES has done, but um, they are arguing the opposite, uh, the inversion, that basically you should be listening to the author's wishes and you should disregard the legal terms. Now, you may say uh, that basically this is not fair because... This decision over here was staff, uh, actually the community deciding as a whole. And so that leaves room for individuals in the recap to um, feel a little differently. And that's a fair thing to say. But let's go into that a little more. Okay, uh, Can we look at the individuals who are arguing in this uh, incident on this uh, recap? Can we go back to this community vote and can we see them? voting in favor of prioritizing the strict legal terms. Actually, we can, so we'll do that in just a second. But first, let's get into a few new players in this section. Okay. So on the, on the topic of, uh, in, on the topic of Jordan pointing out that the Creative Commons allow, license allows for translations to work the way they presently do, Dexanote agrees. No author on Ian has ownership of a translation. A translation. Uh, Rounderhouse shows up. Uh, Rounderhouse feels this is beside the point. What is legal under the license is not the issue, but what is good-natured and good faith is. Can you see how logically pivoting this is? when the whole of your ethical edifice turns and whether or not you are talking about your preferred ideology, then that's dictionary level definitions of contradiction. Um, if we want to go back and be very, very specific with just how hypocritical this is, like I said, we can revisit this voting thread 
for the fate of Harmony's Tales and ask ourselves who voted that these articles should be removed against the author's wishes. That is to say, uh, against what the author would like to say is good natured and is good faith. So if we ask that question and we go through the votes and actually see what people voted and see if there's any commentary what they say, we see a large number of the individuals in this LGBT FO group uh, voting to prioritize the legal terms of the license and disregard what the author would like. Here is Calibold, for example, voting to take away Harmony's articles. Here is the same from Pedagon. We also have other members of this group. Lieutenant Flops, who uh, didn't really make an appearance in the recap, but uh, who certainly was in the ES Discord server telling people to uh, do what the author wants them to do. Lieutenant Flops also voted this way. Well, we can see that uh, Router House voted this way. And the last one you may not be surprised by. Good old Harry Blank. So all of these individuals previously voted that the legality of the Creative Commons license should be the priority, should be listened to, uh, and that the wishes, specifically and explicitly, the wishes of the author should be completely disregarded. And yet here, in the Yes incident, they're arguing the exact opposite. So when you pin it to individuals like this, there's no way out of the claim that this is completely hypocritical. So what is causing them to go one way and the other way? Um, well, it's pretty clear that um, it's basically just what they would like to see. There is no deeper moral ground here. There's no solid foundation of uh, philosophy. There's no solid foundation of logic. Uh, essentially, these people are creating arguments after the fact that their emotional side has already decided, which is, which is what we do as humans. But it's important to try, especially if you're going to try to lead and guide a site and make important decisions, it's probably a good idea to have something more grounded than your simple moment-to-moment uh, -moment changes about what it is that you would like to prioritize in a given situation. So uh, I would say that these individuals particularly uh, kind of go where the wind blows. Uh, this is really the point of me bringing this out, uh, is that there's really no philosophical backbone here, no stability, uh, no principles. Um, they like to wax poetic about all this when the spotlight is on and it's their turn to be on the stage, but uh, it's all just that, a stage act. Uh, it doesn't mean anything past them just stating it, applicable one day and uh, inverted in the trash bin the next day. Gremlin Group, part of this uh, LGBTFO click uh, agrees with Rounder House. I totally accept that the CC license we work under on the site gives authors no protection. I don't believe that we should shrug and give up at that point. Uh, giving authors the tool to condemn translations that remove elements of the CSS, particularly those that represent pride in one's identity, uh, wouldn't contravene CC either. Uh, Sistivi, which is, uh, again, part of this LGBTFO group, uh, this is not a, not a matter of legality, but one of ethics and morality. Okay, so what, what they're saying is that the PNG on a translation uh, should be subject to an author's wishes despite the legal terms of the license, but that someone's entire output of works on the wiki over a 10-year span does not. So on one side, the PNG is more meaningful to this community than everything that someone, let's say Harmony, did over a 10-year period for them. I'm a little baffled by how uh, inconsistent and dishonest this is. Once again, way to go bleep. Uh, bleep here feels that uh, this would be a gross abuse of staff power, and bleep is correct. <laughs> Dexanote goes on to say, 
it's conceivable that a lack of uh, pride flag CSS has reasons outside of bigotry. It's my point in going through this uh, that um, it's startling that this has to be brought to the attention of these of these individuals. Uh, that they've totally disallowed that to be a possibility. Okay, the next part, um, let's just skip because we're running out of time here. Um, the day ends, so a new day is, is here. And basically what happens in this part is that it is uh, brought to everyone's attention uh, to the surprise of some that there are actual um, disciplinary cases that are being looked at uh, as a result of this. Um, so for example, um, Stormfallen asks... I gotta type type quickly. Stormfallen asks, "There are disc cases from this," and Vivarium says, "Yes." <laughs> Lady Katie says, "Yep." I don't think people are aware of just how bad this has gotten. Uh, Lady Katie reports basically that ES staff are quitting, that some users are upset, that their favorite Ian authors hate them so much now. So once again, way to champion the LGBTQ uh, reputation, guys. There's a saying that says you should never meet your heroes, and maybe this is maybe this is part of that. Okay, the last thing I want to show is that um, once this disciplinary <laughs> information comes out, um, people start to walk back uh, their rhetoric uh, once they realize that uh, they don't really have the rest of the staff at their back, because once again, this is insane. Uh, we see individuals uh, starting to sort of soften up. Uh, and the most important, I think, of these um, is that uh, Harry Blank is actually called out here um, as, as part of the discussion about who might be subject to some disciplinary uh, possibilities in the near future. So if we go to this post, I know I've been referencing this quite a lot. This is my blog post about the Pride Before the Fall. If we go down here uh, and... Look at what Harry Blank had to say about this whole situation. Um, it focuses quite a lot on um, a tale that Harry Blank wrote called Pride of Place. And uh, we can see that uh, this tale uh, actually predates the, uh, the month of November, which this is obviously the recap of. Uh, this tale was written in uh, October. Um, so this is a direct response, if you've read it, uh, to the Spanish branch not including CSS of Pride logos in their translations. And this was going on in October. So that's really what I mean when I say that all this we saw up here, you know, uh, this initial uh, suggestion on the 05 command in November where they're saying that we need to do more for Pride Month. Uh, th this is, like I said last time, a very uh, culminating part of a slow boil of a, of a problem that's been happening uh, for a very, very long time. So to, as the recap team kind of does, like I said, it's more of a stylistic decision to exclude the context that this, um, this suggestion to do more for Pride is just sort of in a vacuum. Uh, it doesn't really paint the picture very well. Uh, it's more so the case that this is a direct response to these individuals, Limey and the rest of the uh, LGBTFO group. Uh, it's a direct response to them finding out and being irritated by uh, ES's policy on this. But the reason why I wanted to bring up Harry Blank uh, in this is because if you look, Harry Blank actually had... Uh, a, a different piece of rhetoric on the um, the hub where this tail is located. Yes, yeah, so this actually is something that hasn't changed. Sucks to your immersion. That's what he previously said. But prior to this uh, disciplinary information being released, if you went down to Pride of Place and looked at it on this Guard 43 hub, this said something incredibly different. Uh, the screen cap of it. <laughs> I'm 
previously said something like, Phobes, go fuck yourself. So he actually changed that. Um, in fact, if we wanted to prove that, we could do it. Let's go back to after he wrote it. So this is the source revision shortly after he wrote this. Um, here it is. Uh, here's the place of pride. It's by user Harry Blank. And this is what it originally said uh, on, uh, on the actual hub. It said, Phobes, go fuck yourselves. So we can see now, uh, as it is updated, that Harry Blank has changed it to some things really are forever. Now, why would you think that he might do that? Well, uh, although he, I don't think he was actually in the ES server, but he certainly is part of this group. So he's decided to soften his rhetoric just a little bit, which regardless of why he's doing it is, uh, in my opinion, a pretty, pretty good admission of what it is that went wrong. So if I had to summarize this in one picture, it's uh, it's this one right here. Everyone I don't like is Hitler, a guy, a child's guide to online political discussion. Um, that's really the gist of it. Um, so you know we, we have some people who are being looked into in a disciplinary um, capacity as a result of this. Uh, just given the general trend around disciplinary cases uh, for for big things like this, I wouldn't hold your breath if I were you. Um, but uh, anyway. I think it's a sufficient coverage of this. Like I said, there's a lot of details that we did not include. This thing goes on forever. Uh, and I certainly hope that the next recaps, um, which are, again, up uh, for December, are much, much shorter. We won't know until we really look at it in detail. Um, but that'll be it for now. All right. Well, I really appreciate you all listening, and uh, I hope this has been an enlightening discussion. Thank you. <laughs>